0: Zach. Hi, Tom. Zach.
1: Yeah. The 49ers can still win the Super Bowl if Mike Pence has the courage to do the right thing.
2: Uh, Tom, I am reporting live to you from the parking lot of Allegiant Stadium. I am joined by 3,000 American patriots ready to storm the gates of this great, Hall of, sp- of Sport to set right uh, this, this
0: stolen Super Bowl. Tell Mr. Lombardi to stop the steal. Stop the steal, Vince.
1: Um. Anyways, welcome to another edition of uh, Fool's Gold Variety Hour. I'm one of the hosts. My name is Tom. And I'm Zach.
2: I'm also a host.
1: And we recorded this the week after the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. But we're not going to tell you which year, in case you're from the future. You'll never know.
2: Yeah. And don't, if you're from the future, don't listen to any other episodes.
1: Don't listen to other episodes, and also... Don't Don't listen to the rest of this episode, either. I think, potentially, from context, and given what we said, the last time they played in the Super Bowl... It would have predated january 6th yes however sure. maybe maybe this podcast is being listened to by people in the future because somewhere along the line it becomes apparent that we have psychic powers and like the simpsons mm. we predicted the future so many times correctly and this will be thought of as the first time because that's right folks it's 2020
2: we're like what's her name from Argyle? Yeah, the, but the folks, lady, it is, who it can is February.
1: The books. It's February 2020. That is canon. That's right. For those of you who have been listening along, we recorded this one years ago.
2: Yes. And then, and everything that we're t- going to talk about will happen in the future. Because and why did we not warn anyone about COVID? About uh, about specifically how bad COVID is gonna get slash did get from our point of view? Because um, it
1: was a fixed point in time. That's why. Yeah.
2: We we
0: need to be responsible with these great powers that we have.
1: Zach, this this actually um this opens a bag,
0: a, a can of worms that I actually am interested in your thoughts on because I came to a realization recently. Yes. So time travel. Yes. It's always assumed that going back and fixing
1: something like stopping Hitler or like going back and like changing history is bad. Mhm. Because either you you erase yourself from history or you erase all of the um you know, you erase like a whole
2: bunch of like very important things that happened. There's but a the lot of fact, uh, collateral change, yeah, contingent upon the thing that you change that you so, that you uh, consciously change. So what's interesting
1: to me is that seems to be a presupposition that all humans have agreed to. We are like yes, the status quo, the current timeline, is the best timeline, or at least the safest because it's the one I know and I'm familiar with and I have to, like, because...
2: Hold on, hold on, hold, hold hold, on. I don't think we've agreed to anything. I think we just all agreed that this is the timeline that exists. Well, but we, we don't agreed, have any power to change it. All,
1: no, we've all agreed that changing it would be net bad.
0: We've Because whenever that comes up, we're all like, yeah, you can't do that. We all just accept that. That's is it because we if all agree
2: and I don't know if there's any way that we could know that changing it would be bad, right, but we always assume that it is bad. We're always like, yeah,
1: don't go to the past and step on a butterfly or like don't go and like whatever, because you know you fixed point, like why why did we all accept that that's
0: a legitimate thing? like why are we also like the status quo in in a? I don't know if temporal is the word I'm looking for, but in, like, a time sense is the sure. best one. Uh, <laughs> I think causality is a big
2: deal to us. We, uh, humans among the animal kingdom are some of the few to realize that if I do one thing, it will cause another thing to happen. Yeah, but Do you I'm have saying a foresight I'm, in that situation. I'm saying Marty McFly
1: goes to the past and changes the future, and then he arrives back to his present day, sees how different things are, and is like, "Oh, this is bad."
2: No, he doesn't, because in the first one, he changes the changes the future, and he comes back to the future, and everything's great. His parents are rich. His his uh, Biff is like a car washer. Yeah, he's got a been, truck. But then because he the realizes anymore. he has
1: to go back and make things the way they were. What? It, I need it to be known. I have seen Back to the Future once, once in my entire
0: life.
2: Okay. This so is I a little not. bit more, uh, I think. Back to the Future 2 is maybe cl- closer along this line. What I'm trying in to say is this. Back to the this. Future 1, whether Marty intends to or not, he changes enough of the past to improve the future. Right, I'm saying
1: imagine a universe. That's right, I just slipped you without you even knowing into a Tom's Bomb. Okay. Imagine a universe where there were two
0: factions, okay? Okay. A faction that was like, we have to go back in time and
1: make things right. Like, undo the tragedies, undo, you know what I mean? Like, go back and fix things, with air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was a faction that was
0: like, no, like, tragic loss leads to profound, like,
1: creation. And you know what I mean? It's like this huge sort of, like, no, it's the, like, we have to accept things as they happen, the way they happen, otherwise... Everything is meaningless. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's the beauty in the in the in all of that. You know what I mean? Like, and because of because of like cancer, we cured cancer. Because of this, we you know like they're very like, we have to take the good from the bad. You know what I mean?
3: hmm
1: One, I wanna know which of your factions is correct. Two, imagine a movie where there were these two factions and then there was one sort of like renegade who is like no there are times where you're both correct and I have to do whatever I can to like intervene with both parties because like sometimes it's like no like this has to happen and you know what I mean and sometimes it's like no we absolutely need to fix this if we can
0: now that's the movie or the TV show or the book series or whatever that's the thing but also which of those factions is correct
2: i don't know which one is correct tom
1: which is why i think the renegade is such a relatable character
2: The renegade is a relatable character because i can understand the nobility in in wanting to change things for the better but also being aware that changing things can uh has like i said collateral damage like change is not a clean thing Right, which is why, like,
1: we only know we have to change things because we are aware of how bad things are.
2: Something to think about, definitely. I, I, I'm not fully convinced that this bomb doesn't already exist in some form of show that I just am not being able to place right now.
1: I like how you've posited that every other bomb I've ever made is a very original idea, and I, I really mean, appreciate
2: that. they're all composites and pastiches. For the most part. But this this seems like such a. This seems like a concept that has definitely been trod somewhere before. But I just cannot. This seems
1: like a concept an intelligent person would have thought of. All your other bombs were.
2: Really. I'm not saying that. Here's the thing though, Tom. I don't think time travel is. Time travel as we traditionally think of it. Uh, is a possibility, and I think that is because if it was a possibility, we would have met legitimate, verifiable time travelers by now. Uh, Like, we would have encountered people from the future who had returned to the past with with provable evidence that they were from the future.
1: No, your answer is too anthropological. Because what if humans aren't the ones who invent it? Like so our history, nobody cares about it. Like we're functionally okay. to whoever invents it what like apes are to us. You know what I mean? It's like
2: you're talking about like an interstellar almost situation in which like the uh far, far future humanity, um uh who have developed fourth and fifth dimensional capabilities, uh they can time travel, uh, but they use it in very specific ways. Kind of. I'm more
1: saying like climate change kills all of us, and Homo sapiens don't exist anymore. But then, billions and billions of years from now, the there is a creature of... that is entirely original and like shares no common DNA with us. That is much more advanced through evolutionary processes than we are they invent time travel they just never care to come back to us because we actually don't matter we're interesting though we got some cool yeah. stuff right in the same way that like setting a beehive and it's politics or like an ant colony its politics is interesting
0: to people
1: you know what i'm saying yeah like i'm saying i'm saying time travel might be possible it's just like we wouldn't be the ones who invented it because mm-hmm. we. so I, in, in a way you're right because like human beings will never I think it's actually human beings will never invent it because if we could we would we human beings would have proof
0: yeah but time travel being impossible is entirely different you know what I mean sure it could be possible
1: to travel in time it's just humans We'll never know how.
2: I feel like that's... Yeah, I mean, that seems at least a little bit more likely than humans being able to do it. This...
1: Right, but it's not actively impossible. It's Um, not actively
2: impossible, but it is not achievable by us.
1: Yes. I don't know why that distinction was so important to me, and I also feel like we are who knows how many minutes into this podcast, and it is by far the most, like, deeply philosophical it's ever been
2: there is a reason for that but i'm not going to i'm not gonna get into it
1: (laughs) Um, this is but like this is really interesting are you interested by this or are you like this is not the energy i wanted in the studio i'm
2: interested in this i don't i just don't know if we're saying anything that people don't already kind of think about once
1: again zach is like this is a very basic thing that everyone. I feel like of, I feel like we blur, are we are
2: dorm. we are splashing around in a kiddie pool and pretending like we're drowning in it. Like I don't think it's I don't think we're going as deep as we really think we are. All right, everyone in the comments,
1: because that's a thing that our podcasts have now. We get comments
2: about.
1: Is this something? Well, okay, yes, it's something you've all thought of because we've already established that you're from the future. Because this is being recorded in 2020, so you're, you've thought of this because you've just been in the pantheon of human ideas
0: because of this podcast. So, um, but this is not the kiddie pool. We're pretty deep.
3: hmm
0: Anyways, Zach. Yeah. What is it that you were uh, wanting to talk about today? that uh, is about the future i would love to go talk about
2: um super bowl commercials
0: yeah from the
2: and how, how the super bowl and super bowl commercials are basically one of the few symbols of monoculture left in our current society
1: please tell me what you mean by that
2: it's just a, a very often we don't have large cultural experiences that um uh, that we, either as a a nation nor as, a I guess, a human species all experience together anymore. And and things like the Super Bowl are are that. It used to be, Tom, uh, there were only three or four channels on the old TV. Yeah. And uh, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, half of the country would watch it. And then they would have something that they all had seen and could talk about the following day. We don't have
3: that anymore. The we Super don't Bowl because there's
2: so much content
1: them. and everyone's watching different shows because there's so many different streamers. But yeah, the Super Bowl is the one thing that you can go to work the next day and be like, hey, this did you see that ad?
2: Did you see Michael Sarah say, let my cream hydrate you, friend?
1: Did you see? Yeah. That's true because like even if they didn't watch the game, they might have YouTubed the, you know what I mean? It's like,
2: did you it's see okay. the Deadpool 3 trailer where Deadpool says funny hey Tom? Tom mm-hmm. Tom. Did you know Tom? Did you know this? Tom, did you know that Deadpool <laughs> Deadpool Deadpool knows that he's in a movie?
0: That's pretty rad.
2: It's pretty rad, right? Just- and he says funny things too, Tom. He says funny things. Like he talks about his butt. And he talks about sex stuff. He's you're so... making it
1: sound like Deadpool it was made for redneck Americans.
2: I'm not not redneck. I'm not doing a southern accent.
1: I know, but like the type of person who likes that sort of thing and finds that sort of thing funny, I feel like is predominantly a certain like ilk of person, I guess. And what I'm saying is, as you're saying it, you I'm like, oh. You don't wanna say that. And then the other part of me is like, mm, but he's kind of right.
2: Listen, I I like Deadpool in the comics. I don't love him. He's never been one of my guys. Uh I will say that Deadpool as of as
0: a as interpreted by Ryan Reynolds,
2: uh does seem to be pretty and consciously lowbrow in, in both in both a uh, type of humor way, and also a playing to a low denominator way. Yeah, and like, yes. There's, but there's
0: also, the
1: question, much... my question is: Do you think that Ryan Reynolds thinks that's funny, and he's like the lowest common denominator of comedy is
0: funny, or do you think that he is just like it to the people? We do it. I think Ryan
2: Reynolds knows what makes money,
1: right? Okay, so he don't. You know, he might not genuinely think Deadpool is. is
2: I think. Fun. I think he. I think he is trying to make Deadpool closer to his sense of humor, but I think he knows that his sense of humor is a bit immature. I think he. I think he knows that about himself. Yes, it's all the layers of comedy are fascinating. Anyways, anyways, anyways yes. I probably will see Deadpool three because Wolverine's in it. And I'm a content boy who likes to slurp up content, especially when Wolverine is in it. I hear what you're saying, and it, does it,
1: did it make you think more, less, or neutral of Hugh Jackman when he was like, I will do a Deadpool movie. And my Wolverine legacy from Logan will now, like, this will be my final. It will have this
2: tag at the end
1: of it. Right. Uh, did it make you think more, less, or, or neutral of him?
2: I think it was more neutral with Hugh Jackman because, you know, when you're an actor, you kind of kind of go where you need to. I think it was a bit negative regarding who, uh, the the specific Deadpool team pushing uh, the Deadpool 3 thing. And it was also a little bit negative. just another little negative thing in the Marvel pile as a whole, I would say. I don't think I fault Hugh Jackman with most of it. Have you seen the other movies that Hugh Jackman's been making recently? Neither of neither of I because they don't really exist.
1: I was going to say I've seen trailers for them. Like the the uh, Sun, is that what he did recently,
2: Something which is uh I was told was pretty bad.
1: Yes. And now Hugh Jackman is just like a weird bad bachelor who like hangs out with Ryan Reynolds and Taylor Swift and
0: looks sad with them. Yeah. And, who hasn't oh, had, like,
2: become. skin cancer, like, three times. Yeah. And and, yeah. Uh, and apparently really likes doing Broadway, but he's in movies, so he can't do Broadway as much as he would like to.
1: He really does. Speaking of Hugh Jackman doing Broadway,
2: everyone, do yourself a
1: favor. Watch Taylor Tomlinson's new stand-up special on Netflix now. That's right. Uh, Taylor Tomlinson plug, because she's not only... The funniest active working comedian. She has a new Netflix special.
2: Uh, looking back here through uh, Hugh Jackman's uh, uh, filmography, I will say Bad Education, the uh, HBO movie he did in 2019. I believe it came out in, in 2020. Uh, actually, pretty good. He's good in that. Uh, the rest I know of these
1: very little about that, but I trust that you are correct.
2: He plays a uh, a very successful. High school principal who uh is very much well liked by a lot of people, but and then he gets caught for embezzling and he gets caught uh hiding that he's gay and so he has like a very public fall from grace and he's quite good in it. Ray Romano is also in it, and he's also quite good in it
1: you know what I always say everybody loves Raymond it was oh yep, that and also. If you can fall from it, it wasn't grace to begin
0: with. Fair.
1: And those two things I say, I say that, and I say everybody loves Raymond.
2: Tom, when we were in college together, Tom would walk into random rooms, throw his arms out to each side, and go, everybody loves Raymond. And I had seen this happen multiple times. People stood up and clapped as he did this.
0: Do you want to know why they did? Because everybody loves Raymond. Because everybody loves Raymond. Some of us just love him a little more than the others.
2: Speaking of Hugh Jackman, and this is a little tangential, uh, I hopped on a little bit of a Christopher Nolan kick in the in the, uh, the time in between our Recording sessions, I rewatched the entire Dark Knight trilogy, and I also rewatched Interstellar. And I would love to I would love to just recap a few
0: thoughts I had. Yeah. From all four movies. Sure. Let's start with Batman Begins. Batman Begins. I think is a solid baseline for how silly a Batman movie should be i
2: i agree with yes yes everybody talks about how like dark and gritty and like realistic the christopher nolan batman trilogy is but he's fighting ninjas who use fear talk fear gas in that first movie it is it is very silly silly stuff and i think that that's inherent to batman and like that's just that's how it goes you know you need to be able to to do some silly stuff uh with batman i think uh tom wilk famously recently deceased and famously british actor tom wilkinson's uh portrayal of Carmine Falcone or as they call him in the movie Falcone uh is a bit rough i think that the voice that christian bale does as batman for most a Batman Begins when he's not yelling is kind of a solid Batman voice that he should should have just done the entire the entire series. Pretty good. Pretty
0: good. Now,
1: since you've seen them more recently than me. Yeah. There are two.
0: Quotes from the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm hmm. That I use. This is not an exaggeration
1: or me in any way hyping it up or doing a bit. I use these probably each
0: twice a week. Minimum, at least okay. twice a week. I want you to guess which of the two quotes
1: I find most applicable to my day-to-day life enough to use them twice a week. Okay? To the point to the point where I have coworkers who've never seen those movies but know where those quotes are from because of how often I say them.
2: Uh, there is a scene in The Dark Knight where Harvey Dent is holding a press conference, and uh, I believe the camera is looking at Bruce Wayne, but you hear someone who is in the press conference yelling at yell at Harvey Dent, "Things are worse than ever," <laughs> and they say it in that cadence. Is that one of them? <laughs>
0: No, but
1: I I wish there was. I like that you think that I'm constantly yelling that because I am internally.
2: And then in that same scene, there's a cop who gets really angry out of nowhere and yells at Harvey Dent, No more dead cops! (laughs) Is that the other one? (laughs) I, I can. I wish. Oh, those were really funny answers. That was really fast. That was real quick. Uh um, I will say I will say why do we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves back up. No. It, no. Here's the thing. It's two that you probably
1: won't guess because they're pretty out of pocket, which is why they come up in day-to-day life so often. Okay. But uh they're not so out of pocket that I am twice a week saying no more dead cops.
2: You should just tell me, because I've I got so many quotes in my head that I but I feel like none of them aren't out of pocket. I say, I say
1: from the Dark Knight Rises, James Gordon looks that way when uh, he's like, when scarecrow saying, Freezing her Exile. And he's like, If you think I'm going to get out on that ice, you have not. And he's like, So death, then? He's like, Looks that way. Looks that way. Yeah, I remember that. But I say, Looks that way, uh, which is not a phrase that people say IRL. You can all be like, oh, well, anyone could say that. Anyone could, but when's the last time you heard someone say, looks that way?
0: Um, I use it whenever it's like, I have to do something that I don't want to do. Sure. Like, when, you are,
2: when you are resigned to, to something.
0: Yes. Um, which happens at least twice a week.
1: Um, or... I often say it as well when I have put someone in a situation where they are resigned to do something, and then they ask me, so you're saying I'm resigned to do this? And I Mm -hmm. say, looks that way.
0: Or when someone's realizing, they're like, oh, I have that or that. Oh, I got it. And I'm like, looks that way. So that,
1: and then the other one, I can't remember, so you'll have to tell me. I'm pretty sure it's in Batman Begins. Which is why okay. this came up because we were talking about it. But when Bruce says tell them that joke you know to Alfred.
2: Yeah, I think that's in I think that's in Batman that begins. I think it is too, and I
1: use that at least thrice a week because there'll come a situation.
2: I don't really I wanted to sab- hear Alfred's joke. I bet it was really funny.
1: I think we've established on the podcast before that I work in retail. Um, and the amount of times where because of my role I'm there are people who I supervise where one of my people will people I supervise will come to me and be like hey I have this customer who needs blah blah. can you come talk to them you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I'll be like yes I will but I need to do this first but in the meantime just tell them that joke you know and then I'll walk away thinking that I've just, like, dropped a banger. And what became evident to me was that they all were like, what is he doing? Because I assumed that that was a well-known quote. Sure. Like, I thought we were both having a laugh, but in the meantime, I was actually just giving my uh, subordinates anxiety.
2: Moving on. The Dark Knight. I'm not saying anything new. When I say that it's heat, (laughs) it's very much Michael Mann's heat.
3: Indeed. Uh...
2: Pretty good movie altogether though. I get why people love it to death. I also love it very much. Uh, What the Dark Knight gets right that many other Joker adaptations do not is that the Joker is very kind of funny in the Dark Knight. And uh, at least Jared Leto's Joker was not funny. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker isn't very funny. Heath Ledger's Joker is pretty funny. He's got bits, he does jokes. He's He's a funny guy. Not much to say about Dark Knight Rises other than the fact that uh, Bane's voice is ridiculous and I don't understand why they let him do that. I'm I'm aware that they had to, he had already tried to do it once and it was even more unintelligible than it already is. And so they had to dub him over. They had to tell Tom Hardy to do a different voice and dub him over. Tom Hardy always plays hard to understand superheroes because I have a hard time understanding Venom. I I don't I don't have an easy time understanding Venom. I feel like I can pick up a few more Venom words than I can for Bane. I also think it's really weird how pro-cop. Like the the entire Dark Knight trilogy in Gotham has been telling us about how corrupt every institution in Gotham is. And then every single cop in the Dark Knight Rises is a good guy. And there is a literal heroic parade of cops at the end of the movie. Yeah, because Harvey Dent day. But these are all cops who have been, like, empowered by, like, Patriot Act to more Patriot Act. Like, they are... War- the things that make them bad have been more or less amplified in the, what, eight years between these two movies? Um, in a way, but I thought the Dent Act, because of Dent's
1: death, like, the Dent Act made it so, like, basically the entire mob was arrested.
0: True.
1: so the cops had had no way to be dirty but then it begs the question if Gotham was fixed because of the dent act why was Bane like
2: we have to destroy it indeed huh so uh, it's also weirdly,
1: has the most potholes
2: it's it's also weirdly weirdly white right wing in that it like shows like a uh it's like a nightmare view view of what a class uprising would allegedly be and, and wealth is is more evenly distributed, but it's all for it's actually evil though because uh, because because Bane is is using it to drive Gotham into chaos. It's, it's the the political <laughs> because if the one percent isn't in charge. Chaos indeed. The 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 political implications of the Dark Knight Rises are all over the place. That is very true,
1: and also.
0: The Dark Knight Rises has what everyone knows is the worst death scene. Mm -hmm. It's like, but then also, The Dark
1: Knight Rises is really good. I genuinely think it's really good, but it is also like
2: so weird. I didn't quite enjoy it this last time I watched it.
1: Maybe on a rewatch, I too would be like, oh no. Um, Do you want some uh, fast little Bane lore that's interesting? So he was created in 1990. Well, who knows when the idea of him was made, but in the the early 90s. Um, But uh, he was created because DC was going bankrupt. And they were like, we have to sell more comics. So we'll kill Superman and have Bane and have someone break Batman's back and put him on the commission. And they created Bane to do that. And Bane in his original comic called Nightfall is obviously very strong and is a better fighter than Batman, but Mm -hmm. is also very, very smart and is probably smarter than Batman. And this was such a big deal um, that someone broke Batman's back because again, DC did this to avoid bankruptcy and they were really pushing it and like trying to hype it up. It was such a big deal that Bane immediately became like a, um, not what's the word I'm looking for. It's like a very like household, like people knew who he was um like a yeah a public not a public figure but you get what i'm saying yeah like a pop cultural icon i think is what i'm trying to say
0: um but uh
1: so because of that joel schumacher was like i'm gonna put him the really the guy who's like the new it boy in my batman movie because my new batman villain that people actually kind of know about Right, I'll put him in my Batman movie, but Joel Schumacher didn't read comics and didn't know that Bane was, like, wicked smart and wicked strong. So Joel Schumacher Mm -hmm. just looked at a picture of Luchador Bane and was like, this is the vibe, and (laughs) just threw it in his movie. But then that movie was such a commercial, like, toy-selling success that DC pivoted and made that Bane's character. And that was who Bane was and still is in, like, the Harley Quinn show and, like...
2: He's not Christopher... smart. He's not, he's not as much of, like, a, an ogre in, like, the Harley Quinn show and, like, Lego Batman. Like, he's, he's not a genius like comic book Bane is supposed to be. But he's not, like... Like, I don't think Bane even really speaks at all in, like, the... In, in Batman and Robin. Right. Like, he's, he's just... Hulk, essentially
0: dumb oaf
1: who is strong and that became like the working um the working understanding of Bane in like comics and television for a while including the Arkham games but then Christopher Nolan was the one who made Bane like back to kind of his roots and Bane is like Bane is a pawn in Dark Knight Rises which is one Mm -hmm. of my takes against it um that's one of the critiques i have he's a pawn but he also is very smart
3: Mm -hmm.
1: um and then because of that from dark knight rises to present bane in comics is portrayed as he should be which is very very smart and very so christopher nolan actually returned and brought that type of bane back into the mainstream because prior to nolan the mainstream ended up being Batman Forever. So Bane's characters just flipped, like, a bunch of times.
0: Which is interesting, and is my Bane lore dump?
2: There's a little Bane lore for you, everybody. Uh, Interstellar.
0: Really, really great. Have you always That's... held that position of Interstellar? Or did I always really want...
2: thought it was a pretty good Christopher Nolan movie. This rewatch kind of cemented it as, like, oh, man, this is... This is like a top five, maybe top three Christopher Nolan movie. It is really good.
0: It's really good. You know who's cool? Who? Tars. The Robot uh, I agree. I agree. Also, I'm pretty
1: sure that Interstellar is the movie
0: is the movie that I have cried the hardest in. So it got me this time. When he's watching that video of Murph, I remember it, like, that is the hardest I have ever,
1: it's 100% the hardest I've ever cried in a movie theater. Um, And I think probably in a movie.
2: It's, it's a, it is genuinely very moving. And easily, I think, Nolan's most, like, sentimental and, like, cognizant of human emotions in in, in a movie.
1: Yeah.
2: I was going to get to Inception. I haven't rewatched Inception in probably four or five years. I also want to rewatch Tenet sometime in the near future. I
1: also should rewatch Tenet because I feel like I feel like I kind of basically already get it. And I feel like watching it again while I kinda of get it would be mm-hmm. make me be like, oh this is good.
2: Yeah. Uh Tom, I'm gonna slide us into a little bit of a WB wash here. Okay. Uh I got good news for you and bad news for you, Tom. Some of this you you might have heard both of these already. Good news. We have a supergirl.
0: And it's yes.
2: Uh it's Millie Alcock from HBO's House of the Dragon. Millie Alcock? Uh, Millie Alcock, I'm not gonna say it again. Uh uh, we'll play Supergirl for sure in the upcoming Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie. Uh, and possibly will also appear in Superman Legacy. Um that has not been confirmed whether or not she will appear in Superman legacy or not.
1: Uh, I, I I want you to know that I affirm and agree with everything you've said. And I think you're providing valuable information, but I also want
0: to point out that I have had a psychological breakthrough in this moment. Okay. You see the, the
1: ongoing bit we have in this podcast is whenever you say like peacock, Or, like, I'm always... I always pretend like you've broken up to try to get you to say the last syllable. Yeah. Which is, as we were talking about earlier, low-brow humor. Indeed. But here's... (laughs) You're like, indeed, and that's why I hate that bit, and you should quite quite (laughs) never do it. (laughs) Um, You're like, it never works, and you always insist on it. Anyways. um, But, uh... Here's my here's my hypothesis. Lowbrow okay. humor when that is the main meal portion, or the entire meal, is mm-hmm. it gets old so fast and it's silly and like but not in a good way. It's just like it it is it shouldn't. It's just bad. It's yeah. bad content. It is. Would... It is Family Guy. It is Ted. It is. It's like that sort of
2: stuff. Dumb and Dumber.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, that's not, like, but I would argue that it being in the diet intermittently, it not only does work and is funny, mm-hmm. it's also, like, almost not even lowbrow. Or or I, it is lowbrow, but, like, lowbrow works as, like, a very small percentage of the diet.
2: I think it can be uh, approached with a level of irony that makes it funnier.
1: And I want to say...
2: I often I make bring. a fart joke, and it is not because it is the 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 joke containing a fart is not the funny part. It is that the fact that I had made a fart joke is funny.
0: Yeah,
1: that's a good way of putting it, and I feel like that's what I'm doing on this podcast. Okay, you're like you don't believe me.
2: No, I think that's. I mean, that's how you do it. Maybe I'm just not. I'm not receiving that signal as well as I should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you. I feel like
2: I'm trying to say it's my fault here, Tom.
1: Listen, everyone on this everyone listening, I need you to know a couple of things. One, I am oh my word. Okay. I feel like it often comes across like I'm the pretentious judgmental one, but (laughs) then Jack will say stuff. (laughs) Like how he thinks the joke is derivative (laughs) and how He's like, and I know that you're making it earnestly, and like that subtly means that Zach and I are equally as snobbish and pretentious, which leads to the question of why you listen.
2: Yeah,
0: this is because
2: well, what, what Tom's trying to say is that uh, you're wasting your own time listening to us.
0: Like, we're both pretentious snobs, right? Like, and that's just
1: the way it is.
2: We're pretentious snobs who like talking about Batman a lot. Zach is
1: just better at making it subtle. Zach isn't
0: hiding it, but he is making it subtle. I'm actively trying to hide it poorly.
2: Anyway, um, the bad news is that uh, WB was more or less lying about uh, being willing to sell Coyote v, v Acme to other distributors. Uh, they are currently still sitting on it. And, like, basically, if they don't sell it within the next two weeks, it'll probably never come out.
1: Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, that's sad. And mm-hmm. didn't they not find a buyer, or it's still TV? Uh,
2: basically, they had a, a top price for it. They, like, this is, this is the money we are willing to accept for it. And uh, they were unwilling to negotiate and unwilling to entertain any offers that were not that price that they had set well that is it's that is badness pretty rough stuff uh david zaslav bad ceo not good at what he's doing and uh i doubt anyone is listening to us who has any control over the 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 levers of power at all wb but uh, i will say it to anyone who's listening it is your moral imperative to leak this film
1: I agree. I feel like it would be a very good movie that I would very much actually... Well, I think it should be released. Indeed. But I also think that I would enjoy this in the same way I enjoyed the Andy Samberg uh, Chippendale movie. Which is to say, (laughs) I really wanted to like it. Uh,
2: And in my case, I liked it more than I expected to.
1: What I'm saying is I don't know if this is actually... I don't think this would actually be like a good movie. But it would be a movie that I would want to like.
2: Listen, the base, the like, the, the, the bar it has to hit for me is better than Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2?
1: Yes. Wait, you're saying that's what you specifically are requesting of the Wiley e. Coyote versus Acme yes. movie? I, or you're saying uh, that's what you ask Codity of any Acme movie? movie? If it's better than Space Jam
2: 2, I will be
1: satisfied. Oh, so Space Jam 2 was is not like your, this is my metric for all movies.
2: No, it is, it is like I have seen how bad these live action hybrid uh Looney Tunes movies can get. I I uh if gotcha. it's actively worse than Space Jam two, I'm gonna feel like it's a lost cause. If it's better than Space Jam two, uh uh I I won't write off the entire genre.
0: Heard.
1: Heard. Understood, Chef. I yeah, I thought you were saying that you like you were so yeah, I thought you were saying Space Jam 2 was so mid it's how you measure every movie is it better or worse than Space Jam 2 but you were that saying
2: the perfect median
1: is Space Jam 2 that's what I thought you were saying and I was like that's not
2: what I meant to say but I can understand why you would think that but but you were just saying Space Jam 2 was god awful
1: and if it's better yeah. than Space Jam 2 I'll be like good yeah
0: heard Gotcha. Uh,
2: I like being called chef on this podcast
0: You can keep that up. Okay. Did you know that there's a segment of the day every day at work where my
1: boss will come up to me and talk to me about the episode of the bear they lost they watched the previous night and then what they thought of it. And all I can say is I'm sad that there's less than eight more days of my boss being able to do that. That's nice. I know it's been a really nice like week and a half, and I'm like, wow, we're coming up to a point where this can't happen anymore.
2: Yeah, that's that's basically
1: that's uh, WB watch for you, yeah. Zach. I don't want you to mess with me on this. I want you to dead ass tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, say what you will about the Dark Knight Rises and the problems with that movie, and also the problems with how Bane is portrayed. But of the Christopher Nolan trilogy Bane has the most quotable banger lines and it might be because of the voice but it also might just be because there's some he just has some good quotes that you can like whip out as a villain
2: yeah I I mean I think the Joker's got some really good ones but they've all been tainted by tw- 15 years of, of edgy nerd bros idolizing the Joker and so I think the, the Bane well is untapped and has a lot more potential in it. Like, if
1: you and I were to go back and forth right now trying to do Joker quotes or Scarecrow mm-hmm. quotes or Rachel Ghoul quotes.
2: Oh, Scarecrow quotes would take like, we would have like maybe one quote each and then we would be done.
1: Right. Ra's al Ghoul, we'd probably have a few. Joker, we would both have like a good amount, but I feel like we would both have
2: so many Bane. Probably, yeah. Perhaps he is wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. Then,
1: brother, why are you
0: people here?
1: To Glen Powell.
2: Never got Glenn Powell was in it. Man, how old must have Glenn Powell have been when they shot that?
0: What a lovely,
2: lovely voice. Just a beautiful voice. The fire rises. We give it back to you. The people. the people. Oh, he was only in his early 20s. It is
1: possible. Then you have my permission to die. But I never escaped. See, that? what I'm trying to say is Bane, like, we would go the longest with Bane. If we were doing that with Joker, the we'd go for a long time. Person? Yeah. We'd go for a long time with Joker, but Bane has the most quotable shit. I think so. I think that's a fair assessment. Anyways... um, very good. W watched on Nolan recap done, or is there more?
2: No, that's all I got for Nolan. We hit up the Super
1: Bowl, other than, yo, Zach, did you see when uh, Travis Kels, or Kelsey, depending on how you say it, but I think his family says Kels. I believe it's Kelsey. Yeah, but I think his family says Kels. Like, I think he himself says Kels, and we've all just been saying Kelsey, is what I understand.
2: I don't know, that might be true. I really couldn't tell you.
1: Anyways, when did you see the him yelling at his coach and pushing
0: pushing him? Yep, shoving him, shoving him, yep. and yelling. Yep. I know. Um, what do you think he was saying?
2: Uh, I think he was saying, "Hold on, I, I have a." Here's the thing, Tom. I'm really good at at lip reading, and so I can tell you verifiably from my expert analysis of the footage we have. Here is what uh travis Kels kelsey
0: the man with the name and uh
2: taylor swift on his arm this is what he was saying my date's eating all the fully loaded nachos all the ones with the meat and the cheese and everything the ones that are fully loaded she's hogging them and i'm mostly getting like just chips
0: (laughs) that's what that's what he was saying that's very funny I was, other answers I would have accepted.
1: Um, My allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy.
0: (laughs) Sure. Or potentially, no more dead cops. (laughs) Things are worse than ever!
1: (laughs) Uh, So, um, anyways, yes. uh, Not good. Bad of anyone to do to anyone, but especially an elderly man. And also, your boss. Yeah. Um, not cool. And what makes it worse is when he's like, oh, that was an expression of love. Ha, 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 ha. I was like, hey, man. One, if that's how you express love, super problematic and be bad. Uh, but two, um, just the fact that you think that that's a joke... There's a lot of layers to why this is a problematic individual, and anyone who's like, "Oh, it's just passion," bad.
2: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, comment on whether or not he is a problematic individual. I will say it's not a particularly nice side of him that that yelling. I could have gone hey. without that, and I'm sure uh, Coach Andy Reid could have gone without it happening to him. All this to say.
0: Super Bowl, Zach. Do you have a top three Super Bowl halftime shows?
1: I don't really. I've never really paid attention to the halftime shows. If I'm being honest. What if we ranked it from top to bottom? Num- with, but the main criteria and the only criteria is about how sweaty the singer got.
2: I um, mean, the usher would probably number be number one, wouldn't he? Yeah. He got So sweating.
0: That guy's face was soaked. It was like the uh, the Jordan Peele meme.
2: Yep. One wet boy up there. A really wet, wet, wet fella.
0: You can either be a, a wet fella or a fat wella. Zach, can I talk to you about Paul Giamatti?
2: I would love nothing more than to talk about Paul Giamatti with you, Tom. Have you
1: seen. The interview with Howard Stern and Paul Giamatti, where he talks about Cher. No. Paul Giamatti goes on like a five-minute rant where he seems genuinely annoyed. Like, not not a I'm pretending to be annoyed, like to be fun. Fond- like he seems genuinely annoyed. He is like, Cher keeps trying to contact me. She DMs me on Instagram. She like somehow got my number and calls me, and least me voice, like he's genuinely upset at Cher. Because Cher is like, they've never met, and Cher just really wants to meet him. And he's like indignant to Howard Stern just being like, yeah. He's like, I need to speak with you. What is like, what could Cher possibly think is critical that she shares with me? And I just—it <laughs> blows my mind. One that he is this open and vocal about like stuff in his private life that pisses him off. Two, mm-hmm. it's crazy to me that he doesn't kind of want to talk to share and be like, like you know what I mean, mean like, like if she, yeah, if I mean I, least, I would take a phone me. call with share. Exactly. So it's like it's crazy that he is is not like kind of. Excited or intrigued by this, it's crazy. He is annoyed and he's willing to share that annoyance, but it's also like, what does Cher want to say to him? And is it like creepy, stocky
2: That's that's wild. I had not seen that. That's pretty funny, though. It's one
1: of the funniest videos I've ever watched, and I it blows my mind.
2: Um, uh, I like uh, Paul Giamatti did an actors round table, I think a month or two ago. Uh, in which he recounted how he got the job, uh, how he became, how he got the job of playing one of the apes in the uh, Tim Burton, Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. Have you seen
0: this? Yes.
2: Uh, okay. Well, to sum it up for the audience, basically, uh, when he found out he was in the running to play one of the apes, he like asked his agents to gun super hard for it and his agents did not get why he wanted that uh and he's like i just really really want to play an ape and if you make me if you if you make them hire me for a human character i will burn this at your office to the ground let me play an ape and man that's the kind of man i would i could only aspire to have that much enthusiasm about sitting in a sitting in a chair for up to three hours a day getting ape makeup put on my face
1: and that's coming from zach who is notoriously enthusiastic about saying
2: monkey. i love to play monkey so i don't i don't hold out the o as much as you do tom but i do love to talk about monkeys is that,
1: and so if zach is if zach is saying wow that's a lot of monkey love from paul giamatti that's that's saying something because that's Zach doesn't just love monkeys as much as the next guy. Zach,
2: I don't mess around when it comes to monkeys. Do you want to know, after the Super Bowl time, you want to know how, how loudly I was hooting and hollering when I saw that the, my, my precious apes appear on screen? I, that's
1: what I'm saying. So for Zach to say, for Zach, a fanatic of monkeys, to be like, wow, Giamatti really likes monkeys.
2: Man, he's is really enthusiastic to play monkey. In probably one of the lesser good Planet of the Apes movies. Not that he would have known that at the time. That's how
1: you know there's a video of Giamatti. He's
2: feral to play a monkey. He is, yeah, he is, re- he is scratching his pits. He is going, ooh, ah, ah. He, he is shoving bananas in his mouth left and right. This man, this man really, really wishes to be a monkey. And do you know who that turns on? Paul Giamatti's current girlfriend, I would assume. And Cher. Cher Oh, maybe Cher's into that, yeah. Could be.
0: Anywho. Are you ready for a uh, court case? Court of Zach is now in session. Okay. You'll recall, last week... Uh, Judge Zach ruled the postum guy was
2: fine. Yeah. I believe the plaintiff was not a an asshole, but was overreacting. All right. Are you ready?
1: Yes. I just got married last week. My wife and I are both in our thirties. I am Mexican and she is American but we both grew up in the U.S., and both our families know both languages. My wife planned every bit of the wedding and was very controlling and a nervous bride, but all right, I get that she was stressed. During the reception, I went to the band and asked them to play a song for me to sing to my new wife. It was Te Amare by Miguel Bose or Bosé. It was the song from our first date, In a really bad Mexican restaurant, so it became a long-standing joke between us. The guests really loved the song. My mother-in-law cried and told me it was beautiful, but my bride was upset. I asked her what was wrong, and she said I'm an asshole for taking the spotlight to enforce my
0: ethnicity and not just let the band sing our song for us. Am I an a-hole? Any further context around this? Not even any. I don't I think, think this I'm... person is guilty.
2: And and I and I will allow the the bride some grace it being her wedding day and it being a stressful sort of situation. I do not what huh, huh? your husband sings a romantic song to you at your wedding? Huh? What's the problem here?
0: That he's saying it in Spanish
1: because he was using the spotlight to enforce his ethnicity. What I'm saying is, well, I guess my new question for the Court of Zach is
2: Did she think that he would stop I being Hispanic man. after after he, after they I got married?
1: Here's, here's what I'm saying. For
3: who
0: the he court is. Of
1: Zach is? the Court of Zach is taking a shift because it's no longer is the defendant guilty. And does he have, like, is is the defendant guilty? The new question is, does the defendant have reason to sue or be,
0: like, genuinely pissed at the... Like, basically, is she, like, an a-hole? Uh, I don't know if she is...
2: Uh, I don't know how to rule on it. I think the reasons, the reason that she's upset is completely stupid. I think it is completely illogical, irrational. And, and there, there has to be some sort of deep-seated thing. Maybe it not has to be, but there could be some sort of deep-seated thing there regarding her now husband's ethnicity that was just never addressed between the two of them because I feel like it's this isn't something you just immediately think of and then say to someone I think I think this is something that you are that you have in your mind for a good amount of time right that you're like harboring yeah and again I asked did she think he would stop being from Mexico after they got married let me this, let me ask this is you. Part of let, who he is? Let me ask you this, Judge.
0: Does your ruling change at all if this isn't
1: if if that wasn't her comment? It wasn't to make this about your ethnicity. Does it change if she was like, "Hey, I'm mad that you took the mic from the band and made this like about you and you being in the spotlight instead of just letting the band sing?
2: I can't understand like, being embarrassed by that, and be, or and, or and and annoyed her, by that. I don't think right, that it her, would be necessarily something that you would need to confront your 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 spouse well, cause, over. Because it seems like he's asking, like, "Hey, did I do like the
1: the am I the a hole?" Post is him being like, "Hey, did I do something wrong here?" And is is the answer like, "Yeah, you did, but not what she said," like.
2: No, I don't
0: think he did anything wrong. Okay. So you're you're okay with him taking the mic and just singing. If she is the only person who is really upset by it, no, I don't think I don't think he did anything wrong. Yeah. Valid that's where i'm that's where i'm at on this one valid fair enough i'm not the judge i just like to ask the questions you you are but the uh the uh the clerk
3: yeah
2: oh right well this has been a good episode tom i think we conducted ourselves very uh professionally and pretentiously
0: i Agree, for the most part. And again, we also proved we were psychic for the first time.
2: Indeed. So, uh, yeah, uh, people of the past, uh, put your bets in regarding Super Bowls and COVID and uh, presidential elections. You might make a good chunk of change off of this.
1: Uh, Regardless of what year you live in, you'll want to bet on the Chiefs bet on those chiefs baby because mike pence didn't have the, <laughs> mike <laughs> pence is it. a coward
0: all right well uh that's
2: enough ragging on mike pence for today anyway uh so uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next time